0: It's Mother's Day, and I wish my mom could be here, but she lives in Alabama, and that's okay because I gave her a call this morning, and I intentionally did that because I knew my brother would be speaking, and I didn't have service until, like, this afternoon, so I'd be the first one to make that call. (laughs) I felt bad, though, because I know Tony always is intentional. My brother's always intentional about making sure she gets a a a card, and I always forget. I mean, I'm good to my mom, all right? So I told my mom, I said, listen, Mom, I'm going to be at Walmart today, and I'm going to go in the card section, and I'm going to, I'm going to overwhelm you with some cards because I'm going to take some pictures of every card that I feel like just speaks, and uh, I, can even, uh, I can even sign the card, but uh, more importantly, you will get a gift card soon for Starbucks because my mom loves Starbucks. I, I tell you, it's one of the greatest qualities of being a mom its being able to live on Starbucks or coffee. How many moms in here do not drink coffee? We're not going to shame you, but we're just wanting to know. Any moms like that? Great. We're starting off so well. Yes. I grew up in Alabama. You can't tell because I don't have an accent. I used to, so I was told. But here's the thing about growing up in Alabama. There's not a whole lot to do. And, and when I was a kid, sometimes the last thing... That I wanted to do is tell my mom the truth. And it's not because I was an habitual liar or anything like that. I just feared my mom. I feared my mom more than I feared my dad. And, uh, you know, not because she was a bad person. She just, she was tough. Uh, I I feared my mom, not like biblically speaking, like in an honorable way, like that's my mom. I feared her with trembling. (laughs) I feared her like Leviticus 19.3 says, Ye shall uh, have fear every man his mother. That was me and my two brothers. So, There's five of us. I'm the middle child. I have two younger sisters, and I have two older brothers. And you know what they say about the middle child? They're the most intelligent. Scientific studies have said they're the most mature, and they will be more likely to be the best looking as they get older. And so far, all of that has come true, and I'm so grateful. My mom raised three boys. Let me tell you. Us three boys, when we were little, look at that guy. Isn't he great? Yeah, I had a... Even at that age, I had a half-inch gap in my teeth. I just was like, I looked like a rake in my mouth <laughs> everywhere I went. I don't know why our, I was the only one that had it together. You could tell I was going to be a preacher. It's like, you guys, put your tie in your vest. And the other guys were like, oh, <laughs> So – but then we grew up, and then, uh, you know, now we're, we're still pretty tight, um, me and my brothers. And, uh, but when we, were, when we were younger, we got in so much trouble, and we did horrible things. Not unlawful things. It wasn't like immoral thing or, or unethical things. It was just stupid, dumb things we would do. Uh, you know, and, and that drove my mom crazy. And there are a lot of times those things I do, because there's a distinct difference between raising boys and raising girls. Boys are in their own ball field. We're uniquely, distinctly different people. All right. Uh, I don't care what the media says or what uh, the ideas. Yeah, uh, that are going around. It's we're just different, and so I, I mean we've done crazy things. You never check a shotgun to see if it's on safety by pulling the trigger. Done that in the house through the through the ceiling, shooting off a twenty-two shell with with a with a rock. It will work, but it's not safe. Making sure you're putting up the pictures in such a way your mom's proud, but you don't use a hammer and you use a spray paint can and then. Put a hole in it and it sprays all the way down the hallway. And on and on ramps into the ponds so our bikes could fly into the air and zip lines from tree to tree. We had nothing to do in Alabama except create dumb things. We'd fight all the time. We'd put holes in the walls because we had drywall and my mom and dad would be gone and we would get in these fights and then they'd come home. And we'd try to figure out how we could patch a wall before they come home. It doesn't work, right? I remember one time, one time Denny was so mad at us and he threw a broom down the hallway and we had those hollow doors and it went through the door. Can you imagine if it hit one of us? That was my life. Rednecks. And then I would always have to figure out how do we tell mom what really happened? How am I gonna tell mom the truth? I hated it. I hated it. Because my mom, we back in the day, we still spent kids, right? You know, and mom grabbed me by the hair, hence, no hair. And she'd pull me in the room and spank us. My mom was an abusive mom. That was just the way she put the fear of God in us, and she'd discipline us. And here was the thing. I didn't want to tell her the truth, but today I want to tell you the truth. And I have no fear telling you the truth because the truth I'm going to give you today, I think you're going to enjoy hearing, okay? Uh, Mom, I think it's time you know the truth, especially on Mother's Day. Each truth that I'm giving you today is in comparison to Mary, the mother of Jesus. I know, you're cringing, right? Because no mom wants to be compared to a uh, to another mom, nobody likes that. Uh, you know, if, if you have an in-law, they don't. They they want sometimes to know how the other mom is doing, the other grandma's doing. Does she do that with you guys? Did you guys go out to eat for Mother's Day? Are you going out to eat for Mother's Day? Yes, we are, mom. Because I live in Ohio, and they do too. That's nice. I bet you got her card right. <laughs> yeah. But I'm going to take a lot of pictures of cards for you. (laughs) Nobody wants to be compared, right? Especially when it comes to mother of Jesus. But I'm going to tell you, there's something you need to realize. You have a lot in common as a mom with Mary. You may not realize it, but it's true. And so I want to start off by looking at an encounter that Mary had with Gabriel, which is just crazy to think that she had an encounter with one of the greatest angels in existence As a teenage girl. And so I'm going to draw your attention to Luke chapter 1 and verse 30. And the Bible says, And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in the womb and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Man, that's a great name, right? Can you all say it with me? And his name shall be? Jesus. Yes. It's the greatest name. And then verse uh, 32 says, He shall be great. And shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, which was his great, 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 great grandfather. Amazing to think about. The same one that killed a giant with a stone is the great, great, great grandfather of, uh, of Jesus. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there shall be no end because it's not an earthly kingdom. It's a heavenly kingdom. And a lot of the Jewish people couldn't understand that, and that's why they rejected him and crucified him. Here's what I want to do. I want to give you a couple of truths, okay? Let's just say it, four truths. So you can count down, you'll be like, he's almost done, all right? Mom, it's time you know the truth. And I want you to know the first truth is this. You were made for motherhood, and it's not by chance. Mary finding favor with God, according to verse 30, means this. God showed her grace. He gave her opportunity when she didn't deserve it. For, for Mary, her favor with God was because of her righteous lifestyle. Because the Bible tells us that she was highly favored in verse 28. So in other words, you're not just any woman. You're unique above all other women. Because your favor is greater than any other woman's favor. And so simply, this simply means that you're special above all other women. Why? Because you are going to birth the very son of God, Jesus. And so that should be common sense for us. I mean, obviously, she's going to be favored highly than any other woman. But here's the thing I want you to understand. You were made for motherhood, and it's not by chance because motherhood is a gift from God. It's very important for us to get this. Motherhood is a gift from God, and that means you don't deserve it. God graciously gave it to you regardless of who you are. Uh, Elizabeth, Mary's cousin said this, she said, blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And here's the thing about it. She wasn't just blessed with the fruit of her womb, but you as a mom are the same. According to Psalms 127 and verse three, this is reference to all mothers. Y'all still with me? Everybody focused low children are in heritage of the Lord and the fruit of the womb is his reward. I know, I know at times those kids do not feel like an heritage. They feel like a curse, like the plagues of Egypt are upon you. And, but the fact of the matter is, they are a heritage. They're a reward. And just like Jesus was a reward to Mary, and he was the son of God, I understand that motherhood is a gift for God for you too. It, it is absolutely appalling the idea abortion is justifiable. It is a slap in the face of every mother. The fact that we've killed in America over a million babies a year is a disgrace to motherhood. America has the blood of over 60 million babies on their hands. While there is so many women desiring to be a mom, for a matter of fact, about 10% of women in America, 6.1 million women in the United States are unable to have babies or they cannot sustain a pregnancy. Motherhood is a gift motherhood is a gift from god because he showed favor and because favor is translated as grace it's very unique for you mom okay follow me y'all don't lose me now if you're not a mom you need to follow me too because it's important for you to understand this okay if you're a son a daughter or a husband it's very important to get this part okay motherhood is a gift from god and that gift is grace let me it's two ways okay Grace for a mom is unmerited favor. That's what it's translated as. Watch this. It's something that is not earned or deserved. It's, it's like salvation, but a little different. The Bible refers to unmerited uh, favor like this in Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It's a gift that God not of works, lest any man should boast. For a mother, the grace that God gives you, the favor he gives you, you don't deserve it. He just graciously has given it to you, and what you do with it matters. But grace is also this substantial strength. It's translated as a strength that is unique for you. You say, "I don't understand." Let me put it this way: a Second Corinthians, biblically speaking, is translated it translates it like this in verse chapter twelve and verse nine. My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. In other words. You, as a mother, have a unique twofold grace. It's unmerited favor. He is giving you something because he favored you that you don't deserve. And because he's given it to you, he's going to give you the grace to handle it well. You say, whoa, man, having children is very difficult at times. Yeah, you do need grace. And for a matter of fact, there's a reference later on to Mary about the grace she needs because... Simeon, the priest, where she met with her, said this, and I'm paraphrasing. You're going to go through some things that's going to feel like it's piercing you through the soul. Because you are a part of Jesus's life. You're going to basically, and it doesn't say it this way, you're going to need grace. The favor of God is special to you because not only you're going to have these confusing times in your life as Mark 3 in verse 21 and 31 references, you're gonna have confusing and uncertainty as the mother of Jesus because I mean you're 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 caring for the Son of God. You're gonna have times you're like you can't understand it all. But there will be also a time that comes in your life that you're gonna watch your son be tortured, crucified, and put to death. And that is gonna feel like a sword going through your soul. And you'll need grace that nobody else could understand. And I'm going to tell you, as a mom, you were made for motherhood. And it's not by chance because motherhood is a gift from God. And that gift is strength that you need, that nobody else can seem to understand. You know, moms are amazing. Are you all hearing me? You guys have the ability to do things I can't even begin to understand. If a hurricane was to take place, right, and you have a house full of kids that had coronavirus, and your husband, he's dealing with maybe food poisoning, and your dog is dying, Moms are so unique that they would board up the windows while multitasking to take care of her husband's a whiny baby and take care of the kids and make sure they have it. She'd probably come up with a cure for the coronavirus in that very moment and bury the dog in the backyard after it passes away and have a full service for it. Because moms, they have an ability when things get tough to multitask in a way husbands cannot. It's not by chance. It's by design. So there could be a lot of men out there who say, I, I'm a woman. I identify as a woman. You can identify what, as whatever you want, but you will never have the favor of God. I, I can tell you this. It's very clear. Motherhood is designed by God. You were made for this. Think about it. God could, God could have given your kids to somebody else. You, you, you have specific kids that were specifically meant for you. He didn't give you those kids that the neighbor has. And you think, thank you, Jesus. Your kids need you. They need your perspective. They need your life. They need your love. They need what you can offer to them. That's why when you see kids that are not your kids, sometimes you'll say, man, if that was my kid, I would kill that kid. There's no way he would be doing that. This isn't going to be. That would never happen. You know why it would never happen? Because they weren't meant to be your kids. Your kids specifically are for you, right? You are unique and fearfully and wonderfully made for the children you have. I wouldn't want your kids and you probably wouldn't want mine. Because here's the truth. Moms, you were made for motherhood and it's not by chance, it's a gift from God and it is designed from by God. You know, a study published in 2020 found that when a mother's emotional state is positive, their brain becomes more connected with their baby's brain. Isn't that unique? It's designed This was determined by scanning the brain of moms and their infants through a dual EEG. And when they did that, they found out that there was a connection between the babies and the moms, equipping the babies to learn on levels that they never thought were possible. The brain scans of children suggest we not only prefer the sound of our mother's voice over others, but in our minds as children, we develop this unique response to those sounds. Not just with the authority. Like, David James Liuzzo, get in here. Fear would strike me when my mom would use my middle name. Her voice was distinctly different than my father's voice. There's something about a mother's voice when you're going through hard times that just brings peace and comfort. You know why? Because you were made that way. You are designed to be a mother. Why? Because God designed motherhood. The unique relationship of a mother and a child is biologically and biblically designed by God it's undeniable so the next time you say I was never meant to be a mother I can't do this anymore pull it together grab a Starbucks and realize your motherhood was designed by God you were meant to do what you're doing so before you raise your hand against your child realize you are unique you're fearfully and wonderfully made motherhood is part of you But it's not all of you. I want to make sure you get this. It's very important before we move on about the next truth. It's important for you to understand that it's part of you, but it's not all of you. Because if it was all of you, that becomes your identity. And when your kids leave, you no longer have an identity. And there's a problem. Eventually, they will leave. You hope. Unless they choose to live in the basement until they're in their 30s. The fact of the matter is this. You, with that child will have to determine at some point it's okay for them to cleave and leave. It's okay for you to accept the fact that you're married and you have to spend the rest of your life with that individual without your children. But don't let your identity be wrapped up in your children. All right, watch this. Luke chapter 2, verse 21. We're moving on. Here goes the story. You all with me? Everybody with me? And when the eighth day was accomplished for the circumcision of the child, which is Jesus, his name was Jesus. The Bible even says they called him Jesus, which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Verse 22. And when the days of her purification, according to the laws of Moses, were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to be presented, to to present him to the Lord. Now, we call that today baby dedication. Whether you like it or not, there's something you need to understand, and that is this. Mom, you have influence even when you don't feel like it. Influence is undeniable. Your influence is undeniable. Whether you like it or not or whether you feel like it or not, you are influencing somebody, and most likely it's your children above everybody else. You are influencing your children, your grandchildren. You may not know it, but they do because they're watching everything you do. Mary lived a lifestyle that was honorable before God because that's who she was. Uh, She influenced Jesus from the time he was an infant. And and she never stopped. And I love this about her because in verse 22, Mary dedicated her son to the Lord. He's the son of God. She never stopped, even though she could have. She could have just looked at it simply as this. This is the son of God. He, he lives in our home. Why do we need to go to the temple? Why do we need to go to the Passover feast? Why do we need to do anything? We have the son of God. She knew it was a necessity and an importance to constantly be a positive influence in her son's life. Mom, you have influence, even when you don't feel like it. According to studies, a mother's influence resonates both physically and mentally in a child's life. It's scientifically proven that maternal support affects the brain size of a child. Y'all get that? Literally, your child's brain size is affected by your influence. In a 2012 study, scientists found school-aged children who were positively supported by their mothers had a larger hippocampus, which is the inside part of your brain that's unique in the sense that it's all those neurons packed together, densely packed together, and it plays a major role learning and memory. All of that is a necessity by your influence. Man, I was so taken away by this. I was like, I need to talk to this lady Uh, this professional of of, of child psychology, and she was so profound in what she wrote, I was like, I'm going to call her. And I did. And it's amazing because of her insight. So I called her, and guess what she said? Nothing, because I couldn't get a hold of her. She wasn't available, but I'm sure (laughs) she would have some really great things to say. So I just went ahead and continued reading, and the study validates something that seems to be intuitive, she said. Which is just how important nurturing parents are to creating adaptive human, human beings. Get this. The reason why this generation doesn't know how to adapt to things, they don't know how to figure things out, is because somebody is not being the influence they need to be in that child's life. You say, man, they don't have a, the brain in their head. They might just have a small brain, according to science, because your influence has not been the greatest. Influence is undeniable. You are influencing them. And in the time you invest in that child matters. Someone once said it this way. Each day of your life, you are making deposits in the memory banks of your children. I remember when I was a kid in Alabama, I was, at, I was in school. I was in uh, elementary school, and I was lined up to go to lunch. And while I was in line, I remember seeing my mom on her hands and knees scrubbing the floor. Um, I think I got a picture of my mom. I'll show you And and, and while she was scrubbing the floor, I remember thinking to myself, I remember thinking to myself that she's doing that for me. My mom loves me enough to go above and beyond to make sure that I could be in this specific school, Grace Christian School, and so she got a job as a janitor there. I will never forget that moment. I remember the other kids, you know, that would make fun of janitors and say things would be in line saying their snarky things and making comments. And I remember thinking to myself, that's my mom. And I'm proud of her. And I don't care if she's scrubbing baseboards or washing walls or what she's doing. I know that my mom is doing this for me. Are you all following me? That is here, and I'm 44 years old, and I'm losing my memory as time goes on. But I won't forget that. You know why? Why? Because moms have an influence even when they don't feel like it. Because my mom at that moment wasn't thinking, I'm scrubbing the floor to be an influence on my son. No, that wasn't her thought. She was just doing what she knew to do. Let me say this. Influence is determinable. Determinable just means simply this. You can determine what kind of influence you have in your child's life and other people's lives. According to Luke chapter 2, verse 39 through 41, we learn... That Jesus, in verse 40, grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Now, his parents, according to verse 41, went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of the Passover. They never stopped being a positive influence and, and always incorporating, even before the death of Jesus. You know, she made it a point because there was the Mosaic Law and she wanted to follow the law. And she taught Jesus the law and he followed what she taught. You know why? Because influence was determined in heart to be done in a positive way. You have a choice to make every day how you influence your children, just like Mary. It it was Timothy's mom and dad. You know who I'm talking about in first and second Timothy? Timothy that was basically spiritually fathered by Paul. Timothy's mom and grandmother were a key role in his life. To get him on a path that was of faith and trust in Christ. This woman in Proverbs chapter 31 is the one that every day spoken to her life in the life of her children. She made an intentional effort to speak truth in their life. Influence. Your kids are watching you when they're little. They're always watching you. Y'all following me? Listen, your kids watch dad how he builds and watch mom how she brushes her hair. They, they mimic you. They want to be like you. And even the awful things you do. Y'all know what I'm talking about. But you realize they still mimic you even when they get older? It's a proven fact. Statistics made it very clear. As they get older, they'll mimic the way you treated your wife. They'll mimic the way you treated your husband. You know why most kids have a problem with their mouth? It's because dad had a problem with his mouth. And mom had a problem with her mouth. And that influence was so profound... They determined they would use it in such a way that was negative instead of positive. They are watching you. Now, watch this. I'm going to give you another truth. Y'all still with me? Mom, you have influence even when you don't feel like it. Here's a good one. All right. Luke chapter 2, and verse 42. Jesus is now 12 years old. Time has gone on. They go back to Jerusalem. This is the custom of the feast, and they're going there for the Passover. This is tradition. This is what they do every year. You know, it was special. Pack the bags. We're going to buy some cool things. But more importantly, we're here for the Passover, the feast of the Passover. In verse 43, when they were done and they were returning back home, something happened. You all ready? They get all the way home. I can't even wrap my mind around this. And they start realizing that Jesus is nowhere around, right? Right? And the Bible says that they literally are reaching out to kin folks. Literally says that. Kin folks. So Jesus was a little southern. And then they they reach out to the kin folks. They reach out to friends and, and acquaintances that he had. Nobody knew where Jesus was. So guess what they do? They go forty to sixty miles back to Jerusalem to find him. Jesus has been gone for three days. Y'all follow me? So when when my daughter was three years old, Ellie, we were in Tuttle Mall. And we're in those playground, in, indoor playgrounds, you know, and somebody was talking to us, and I was getting distracted, and, and I, me and Brianna were trying to focus on Ellie, because she's always going everywhere, she's just had, just like, just like, out of her brain half the time, and uh, she has the brain, and it's grown, because we influence her, you know, scientifically proven, but... <laughs> At this time, she was just going from here to there. And it's like, this is the playground. Quit leaving it, okay? So eventually, we, we, after a while, we got into a conversation. And we noticed Ellie is nowhere around, right? It wasn't three days. It was like three minutes. We could not find her. We're running around. I'm freaking out, right? I'm going through. They had this tree with a hole in it. And kids are in it. I'm throwing kids out. I'm like, you're not my kid. You're not my kid. My, where's my kid? I, I didn't even have more hair to lose, but I lost more hair. And I just was freaking out because I needed my daughter. I'm thinking about weirdos like Jeffrey Dahmer and Ted Bundy and weirdos out there that maybe taken my kid and shoved him in a duffel bag. And I don't know, but my mind went crazy in three minutes. And all of a sudden, one of the security guards comes back with Ellie. And she keeps on saying, buddy, buddy. And she was yelling for Christian. Uh, She called him buddy. I was freaking out. But three minutes compared to three days? How about this? It's the son of God. You lost the son of God. The, the one that's going to redeem all mankind. I don't know about you, but I realized right at this moment, truth number three, mom, you're not perfect. And that is okay. It is okay. There has never been a mom in history that was perfect. Eve wasn't a perfect mom because she lost her perfection before she even had her first child. Nobody's Perfect. Mary wasn't perfect, neither are you. And here's the facts. More than half of parents, 55%, feel like they're failing within their first year of parenting. You know, it's said that 60% of moms feel like they have not done a very good job. It's weird because 45% of dads feel that way. You know why dads don't feel the same way moms do? Because you all are different. You go above and beyond. You're unique. You want to do your very best, which brings me back to Mary. Mary was not perfect. Let me clarify, the Roman Catholic doctrine and the idea that Mary has a special place in heaven, her own mansion that's uniquely designed for her, and her own throne, and she's making intercession for you, is all a lie. Do you understand me? Mary was just as a human as you. She was a mom just like you. She doubted just like you. She got confused just like you. She got frustrated just like you. And even though her son was perfect, she still probably had some moments with Jesus where she was just like, Jesus. And then she looks around and thinks to herself, there is a heavenly father that is watching me right now. <laughs> and I'm messing with her son. I, his son. Excuse me. That, let's edit that out of that podcast. His son. Here's the thing. I know how you feel as a mom and I'm not a mom. Last time I was home in Alabama, which was not too long ago, I was visiting with my mom, and we, we sat, and it was just me and her, and this was only a few weeks ago, and it was uh, until three in the morning, we just talked, and we talked, and we talked, and my mom said to me, she was crying, and she said, I feel like I failed you guys growing up. I wasn't the mom you needed to be, you needed in your life. She just was so down on herself. She was bringing up things that didn't even matter. I'm thinking, Mom, really, how much have you thought on this? Because what moms do is they beat themselves up over the small things and the big things. They said, if I would have done this different, mm, would it have been better? Let me tell you, even through your flaws and your mistakes, there's something great that's going to come out in your child's life that's going to help somebody else. Are you all following me? Mom, you're not perfect, and it's okay. Perfection is unattainable. You will never have the perfection you desire. You know what they show you on social media? It's such a lie. It's a lie. That mom, I I know a family. You don't know this family, so I can say this. All right? I can say it. I'm not going to name them. But they're always meeting with me, and they're like, oh, everything's falling apart, and we're this, and we're that, and this, and this, and that, and this. It's just like constant. But every time I see them on social media, I want to be them. But I know them. You know why? Because it's easy to take a photo and everybody look real nice. It's easy to make everything look beautiful and perfect and have that wonderful family. And the reality is not that at all. Because all of us have imperfections. So stop looking to the media and social media and to your friends and all their elaborate vacations and think, I need to do that. Why ain't I doing that? I should spend more time with my grandkids. I'm a loser of a grandmother. I'm a loser of a mom. All that is of the devil. And I'm going to tell you something. You will never be perfect. Imperfection is acceptable. Did you hear what I just said? You think, oh, no, you cannot be right on that. That is unbiblical. No, it's not. If a mother we always perfect. They would never make mistakes. If a mom was always perfect, she could never use the word sorry. I love the fact that I can say sorry to my children. I love the fact that my kids can learn and grow from their mother because mom is not perfect. They learn to forgive and apologize. They learn to make, make mistakes. They learn to love unconditionally. That is precious. Don't ever forget that you, in the sight of God, are made perfect. God created you to be exactly who you are. As believers of Jesus Christ, our sins have been forgiven. And that's all that matters. My identity is in Christ. You hear me? I don't have to add up to somebody else's idea. Let me draw your attention to the last one, all right? Y'all are still with me? You're doing really good. It's a little warm in here. But I'd rather it be warm in here and not freezing outside. I am so glad we got beautiful weather. Listen. In Luke chapter 2, and verse 28, they finally find Jesus. Y'all follow me? And they get there, and he's in the temple, and he's teaching, and he's 12 years old. And they're like, what are you doing? Maybe that's how it says in the Ebonics Bible. But they're like, what's up? We've been looking for you for three days. And it was literally at that moment that Jesus looks at them like, almost like, he's not being sarcastic. He's not being disrespectful. He is appropriate. He's always respected his family. But at that moment, it was like, what do you not understand that I'm, I'm supposed to be at my father's business? And what's interesting about the business of the father, it's kind of twofold. One, it's his responsibility to teach and to tell others the truth. And so he starts in the temple with them because they need it above everybody else. But also the business is to fulfill the will of the father. I got bigger fish to fry than worrying about what you're thinking, Mom. I've got a big job to do. And this is the first time in biblical history that we see that Jesus referenced his father as the heavenly father. Mary says, me and your father have been looking for you. But Jesus says, I'm at my father's business. That's what I'm doing. Here's the point. Mom, you're changing the world whether you believe it or not. And this is the fact. At this very moment, Jesus proclaims to his mom... I am here for something bigger and grander than anybody could ever imagine. My father's business. They didn't understand this according to verse 50. But God sent his son in the world not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Mary had the privilege to be a part of Jesus' life while all of this was happening. And she didn't even realize that she was a part of something that was going to change the world. I know this seems strange to say, but here's the truth. You are changing the world through your children some of you are thinking do you know my kids (laughs) they're the next generation Uh, it's obviously they're not the same as jesus christ right i I, there's not even a comparison there but here's the thing they're the next preachers they're the next teachers they're the next politicians they're the next first responders they are the future leaders of america and for that you got to think bigger for the world and you say, I can't even imagine. But listen, I don't think Billy Graham's mom could ever imagine that her son would grow up to be as profound as Paul himself, reaching millions of people for Jesus Christ. The millennials, Gen Z, Generation Alpha, they're, they're going to be running the country. I know, I cringe just saying millennials. But we love you guys if you're in here. The fact of the matter is, they will. And when they do... They'll either run it for good or they'll run it for evil. Mom, you're changing the world, but whether you understand this or not, you need to get this. It's either for good or for evil. Change comes by choice. If we're going to change the world, we have to choose to do it God's way. Are are y'all with me? Change comes with choice. The Bible says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he'll not depart from it. Let me make this very clear. That doesn't mean they're going to be perfect there doesn't mean they're going to remain on the same path that you put them on that you're taking them the way they should go but it does mean this depart from it they will understand what you taught them and they will not forget that because the word of god will not return void they have liberty they have the the freedom to do as they please but in the end god's word if you instill it in them they will not forget it change comes with choice I want, to, I want you to get this. Joshua said this in Joshua 24, verse 14. Excuse me, verse 15. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. I mean, if it's a bad thing to serve God, I feel like that's today's day and age. Whether it be the gods which your fathers served, which were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we're going to choose to serve the Lord. You following me? Amen. Change comes with choice. Come on. Muhammad Adah was a man that grew up in an environment that was very influenced in Egypt by his mom and his dad. His dad used to say, you're raising our son to be like a girl. He's so weak. And that stuck with him. And his mom allowed him to do things that probably he should never do. But they never knew that Muhammad would grow up to change the world. They just took it for granted, the things they thought were okay investing in his life. Muhammad eventually moved to America in 2000. And it became the mastermind of September 11th terrorist attack because he was the first one to fly Flight 11 into the North Tower and see thousands of people devastated across the United States and the world because of his actions. His mom was so convinced that he did nothing wrong. She said, I can promise you, not only he's not done anything wrong, but he's still alive. And you're probably holding him in prison for something he didn't do. She was so convinced of this narrative she created that she couldn't understand that she influenced her son to change the world in an evil way. I want to tell you something. We need to give our children something to believe in. Because somebody's going to give them something to believe in. And it will change the world. Whether it be for good or evil. That's up to you. Change comes with time. The Bible says that Jesus over a period of time. According to Luke chapter 2 and verse. uh, Excuse me. Luke chapter 3 and verse 23. After his baptism and the recognition of his heavenly father. He was around 30 years of age and began his ministry. Let me tell you something. When he began his ministry. He never forgot the things that were instilled into him. In him, he continued in those things, but it took some time. You, you're not going to figure it out, your motherhood, within a short period of time. It takes time. My mom is still trying to figure things out, and she has grandchildren. Some of you are have great grandchildren. You're trying to figure things out. It takes time. But let me tell you this: Jesus was with his mother for 30 years. That's not by chance. Before he did anything ministerial, he was with his mom. She. Was a part of his life. And according to biblical history. We do not see record of Joseph the father. Isn't that unique? Not because he ran off. It's believed that he passed away. So mom steps up to have this profound influence. In in her son's life. Now I know he's the son of God. And I'm never going to bypass that. But I do know this. Change comes with time. Do not stop. Investing in the next generation, your children, your grandchildren, mom, you're changing the world whether you believe it or not. And it doesn't matter how old your kids are, you are still part of their life and you matter.